0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host Liz Fidler. Today we're going to talk about cool flowers or what we call hardy annuals. And the thing is, you guys know that I'm in my 4th season. I did not go to school for horticulture. I am not the expert. I've read a lot of books, I've watched a ton of YouTube videos, and I've spent a lot of time on the extension website. But the truth is, and I think I think what resonates with you guys is the fact that I'm relatable, and I'm assuming most of you didn't go to school for this either. And so again, the level that I am talking from is based on my experience, and I hope that it's an attainable goal within a year or two where i'm at rather than i don't think i will ever write an expert book on how to grow cool hardy annuals that's not my goal but i don't think any that's any of your goal either so like i said if you want the really in-depth you know to spend 20 hours reading about this and watching YouTube videos and, you know, taking some online workshops. I, I've paid for a couple of online workshops. I've taken some free ones, even c- taught by this same author that I'm about to talk about. But like I said, that took me 10 to 20 hours to figure all of that out. And I'm going to try to condense what I learned into a relatable 20 to 30 minute episode. So here we go. And again, I, I always welcome feedback. I'm I'm just learning as I grow and I'm trying to work through it with you guys. So definitely not an expert by any means on this topic, but this is what I'm going to be trying to do this year. So I'm going to talk about what I read about and what is theoretically supposed to work. And I'm just going to be going along this season and trying to put it into action. I've read this book twice, actually, and it's called Cool Flowers, How to Grow and Enjoy Long-Blooming Hardy Annual Flowers When Using Cool Weather Techniques. Very long title. If you go to my blog, sunnymarymeadow.com slash podcast, you will find all of these episodes on there and there is a written transcription form of this. And so I have links to everything that I talk about. So there will be a link to this book. There will be a link to this lady's Facebook page and it's by Lisa Mason Ziegler. And she hosts the Gardener's Workshop on Facebook and is a wealth of knowledge. I really recommend following her. She has her own podcast and really, like I said, is the expert on all of this. But like I said... I have spent tons of hours. I mean, when I say 10 to 20 hours on this topic, I mean this exact specific topic. I bet I have spent over 100 hours cumulatively listening to her, doing some of her free talks, all of those things. And so I'm gonna try to condense this into a 30-minute episode. So here are the highlights. You know, she talks about the magical formula to having flowers before everyone else, and that is growing cool flowers. The goal behind these is that there are tender annuals that we talk about, which are, they live for one year and they don't survive cold temperatures. You plant them after a frost has passed. So the threat of of frost has passed around here. That's around May 15th and the soil is warming up. And these flowers prefer to grow in the heat. Those are sunflowers, zinnias, cosmos, basil, a lot of your herbs, a lot of your vegetables. Those are tender annuals. Whereas hardy annuals, the, one we're, the ones we're talking about now, they live for one year, just like an annual, but they can survive the cold temperatures much better. And many are planted in the fall to overwinter and produce blooms the following spring and summer. And they prefer cooler growing conditions. That exact plant isn't going to come back year after year, but it will go to seed like a regular annual. It will drop seed and then Hopefully the goal is early spring once the ground is thawed, even if it dips down to 20 degrees at night, it can still germinate and produce another plant in its place. And so there's just a lot of things that can be experimented with these flowers. What I am most excited about is I told you guys that I have my 18 rows in my UPIC pick section this year. And so this is new to me. I am hoping to have those rows be consistently the same thing or just alternate between a couple flowers when it comes to the heat loving. But my goal is I will have a row of snapdragons, a row of bells of Ireland, a row of um, Dara, a row of false queen Anne's lace. And I'll go through all of these flowers later. But then toward the fall, when everything else is starting to die off, I will just let them go to seed. And then maybe, just maybe in the spring, when I see those little seedlings popping up, I can just lay down the fabric and then they're there. So I'm going to keep them in the same spot. A lot of people don't have that flexibility. They don't have the lar- as large of a growing space as I do. And I just think it's really going to save a lot of work in the long run. Now I have planted a lot of these already, but I, I've not pushed the boundaries uh, the way she describes in this book. I talked about this before. I plant these seeds right as soon as the ground can be worked. Basically when you can till it up, when you can get a shovel in there, when you can add your compost, mix it in, you plant these seeds and then they start coming up. I think I planted them around April 15th last year, but I'm really hoping in future subsequent years to do it more like April 1st right now it's April 3rd and that ain't happening. <laughs> um, it's 2023 and we have so much snow on the ground still. I think there's still like six inches of snow at least in certain spots, although it is starting to, gradu- or to rapidly melt, but we're supposed to get another six inches on Wednesday. But I do think the snow will be gone in a couple of weeks, but definitely you know, it's, most years the snow is gone kind of by early March. The snow has usually been gone about a month ago. We'll get a freak storm or something. And These plants, they do fine with a little bit of snow on top of them, but not if the ground is still frozen. They can't germinate and seed up. So, you know, I've been planting around April 15th some of these cold hardy annuals. And if you go to my blog page, the link in here, you'll be able to see like a mid-June bouquet, which is actually pretty early for this area compared to most flowers. So Generally, and according to this book, Lisa Mason Ziegler says six to eight weeks before that last frost. And like I said, I've done about three to four weeks before that last frost, but I've never done that far. I would have loved to experiment with that this year, but it's just not happening. Our ground is frozen solid. So as soon as I can, I'm going to plant these. There's a couple different techniques that she talks about that I don't know that it would work to overwinter them here. And what that means is in the fall she will plant them out actually six to eight weeks before their last frost. And I was saying, you know, last frost, but I'm saying first frost in the fall. So what she would do in the fall is she would plant these seeds August 1st. It is starting to cool down a little bit just for them to germinate. And then they're an established plant and it's alive and it's starting to grow. And then what she does is she mulches them a ton with a bunch of leaves and straw and all of that. And then she puts a low tunnel around it. And you can go click on my episode about high tunnels and it's the same thing, high tunnels and low tunnels. And then she puts, you know, plastic around it with hoop benders so that the air can be in there. And then the goal is that the ground won't freeze solid then with all of that insulation and the air. I just, I'm skeptical that it could work in this area. I don't know of anyone in zone 4B that overwinters hardy annuals that way, the way she does it. And I think she's in Vermont. And I think she's in zone five or six. So it gets cold there, but not like it does here with the frozen ground. So my goal would be maybe I put some low tunnels or plastic up in certain areas to thaw the ground sooner. So that maybe March 15th, you know, eight weeks before my last frost in the spring, maybe March 15th I can get those things seated. So that would be my goal, like I said for next year. It, it's already April 3rd, but there is so much snow. it this is a not a typical year. So it's it's really interesting the way that she, you know, just really kind of plays with Mother Nature a little bit and just she's got the first flowers on the block. Like I said, though, I, I think it can work if I try to plant them in the spring. My other goal is, like I said, normally, We and I've said this multiple times in other episodes, but a cut flower garden is not pretty because we cut them before they bloom. And then, you know, the flowers never get to bloom. So it's very kind of difficult to do this, but sometimes just let them go. Don't cut those. We don't get to sell them. Let them go to seed and then let them self-seed. Do not deadhead them. Do not get rid of them, but just let them drop seeds naturally. And then we'll see what happens next year. Now, I was really hoping that I could say, hey, I went down to my snapdragons last year because I never pulled them out. I let them go to seed and I can see a tiny, a bunch of tiny little seedlings. Mm, that ain't happening. It's April 3rd, but there's still so much snow on there, which maybe, maybe underneath the snow and all the insulation, there is some snapdragons, but I'm going to go with I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, so I did a spring bouquet or a bouquet of... Hardy annuals, and I call it a spring bouquet, but really it's, you know, June 20th, which I think technically is still spring. What is it? June 21st, 22nd. But it had like snapdragon stock or Laya and Buplurum and salvia. So the other perk, besides getting blooms a good two, three, four weeks earlier than the rest of your flowers... So for me, it's usually like right around the 4th of July that my zinnias, my cosmos, my sunflowers, all of those things are blooming. So this is, this is a way and a technique that I can get flowers three or four weeks earlier. But the other nice thing is I can have flowers still in the fall. Last year, I had freeze down to, I think it was 31 degrees, so not that cold. And all of my zinnias died, my cosmos, my basils, I just let them die However, I put an overhead sprinkler on all of my dahlias and I let it run all night long, which that just barely warmed up the air temperature and they did not freeze. That was the only frost we got. And it was like, I think it was October 7th or something like that. And then we didn't get one for two weeks after that. So I had a ton of dahlias and then my snapdragons had done a second flush. So I had all of that. And I had a ton of salvia. And then actually my lemon bush eucalyptus was still alive. That survived the frost. So I didn't know that that was so hardy. But I was able to have some bouquets through October, most of October, just with those cold hardy annuals that end up living a lot longer. A lot of the orlaia and the buplurum and the stock that I plant, they kind of die out toward the beginning in June, like or Laya in stock, and I'll put pictures of that on the website. Or I should say bupilarum in stock. They are single stem, kind of like the sunflowers. Like once you cut them, they don't produce another flower. And so they're done. So like I said, the other nice thing about these cool hardy annuals is when they are done blooming in June, I can dig them out and just drop a sunflower seed in there or a zinnia seed and still get flowers, you know, within a couple months and still be able to enjoy those for a few months. So it's nice to have those outside. Plus another nice thing about it is it really spreads out the work of planting and cleanup. I don't want to have a ton of heat loving annuals that only bloom, you know, mid July through mid September that I can't plant until the last frost, so planting everything between May 15th and May 20th and then have it die the end of September and then I have to clean it all up at once. It's really nice to be able to Just spread out the planting, spread out the cleanup. Plus, it's also what makes them really enjoyable for the customers is having that variety. Like they know that in June, that's what the bouquets look like. They're super whimsical and these cool hearty annuals are just pretty and it's the Nigella and they're just, you know, very whimsical looking and they like that versus, you know, in summer it's the heat loving ones. And then once again in the fall, now they all of a sudden look way different than they did in the summer, just six weeks earlier. And it's just, it's nice to have that variety. So like I said, fall planting is six to eight weeks before your last frost. So for me, that would be about August 1st. I'm going to try some this year, even if it's 20 seeds of, you know, one row of experimental stuff and just try to Put some hay down, put some plastic down, and just see what survives the winter. I'm really skeptical that any of them are going to survive this way, but she says that they do, so I don't know. And I think the ground can have a frost in it. It just can't freeze solid. I don't know. And then early spring, six to eight weeks before last frost. I am going to try my best to get them planted as soon as I can, but there's still a lot of snow on the ground. I will take a picture and put it... I mean, by the time this episode hits, it'll probably be around June when we're actually harvesting them. But I'll take a picture and put it on the website of what it looks like on April 3rd. And you guys are just going to laugh and like, oh yeah, that's why she couldn't plant flowers. So yeah. And you know, her book says go with fall if at all possible that you can plant things. I just think I'm going to have to do it in the spring. So a couple of different flowers that are example of this that I personally have experience with. One is Ami, A-M-M-I. It's a really pretty green and white circular looking flower. It looks a lot like orlaia, which is the next one I'm going to talk about. I grew that last year and I I loved it. The only problem is the side stems really wilt. And again, both of those I direct seeded, just popped seeds in the ground on April 15th. I had to be really careful. This was an example of (laughs) planting too many new things at once can lead you to failure. And I'm definitely set up for success last year because la- or this year because last year was so much of a failure in so many ways. Like if I planted 20 of those seeds, maybe seven of them survived because I didn't know what they looked like. And so these little baby seedlings are popping up and I'm thinking that they're the weeds. I'm like, I don't know which ones to pull and I just kind of let everything grow. and <laughs> like that's the problem when you're direct seeding new things. So I had to Google like what does a baby? orlaia seedling look like and anyway it was not ideal but now I learned better bells of Ireland I'm super excited about these I did start them from seed in seed trays so you can direct seed them early on they just take a long time I'll talk about my my plan is for that. But essentially I did start them in seed trays and they actually did pretty well. I did it two years ago, but the problem is we had a really hot June that year. That was in 2021. And it was so hot in May and June for like two weeks straight that they never really flowered. They don't like the heat. And so they were just starting to bloom and give off the stalks like late June, early July, and then I never got anything from them. So I decided not to plant them last year, just out of spite. And now this year I ordered a whole tray of like 200 and some plugs of them. So I'll transplant them out. And they take like 10 weeks though, before they get really established. And so according to Lisa Mason Ziegler, I could just pop the seeds like early March as soon as the ground can be worked. And so if I make a little low tunnel, you know, literally plastic hoop benders, Cinder blocks, leave it out there all winter long so that it starts heating up. And I mean, just imagine my high tunnel, except for instead of 12 feet tall, it's three feet tall. And then it just, you know, melts the ground easier. And again, if you go back to the episode, I'm going to link the high tunnel episode here. When I interviewed Ashley Vale from Vale Family Farm, we talked about why not just do a bunch of low tunnels instead of one big high tunnel? And we have we both have our reasons for not doing that, but mainly it's a lot of work to cover and uncover and it gets so windy. But I feel like if I did them in the winter where they're not going to be covered and uncovered, they're just going to be there until I'm ready to take them off, it'd be worth it. And then my goal is after I get these seed trays, I'm going to pick a row that they're going to stay in and then I'm going to let some of them go to seed and I'll see what happens next spring. So hopefully I'll never have to buy seeds for that again. I'll just let them... Reseed Again, talk to me a year from now <laughs> or a year and one month. Talk to me May of 2024 and ask me how the Bells of Ireland are doing if I got my investment back from the plugs. We'll see. Black-eyed Susans or Rubeckia, they're a really good cold, cold hardy annual. Um, there are certain perennial varieties, but you actually see them all around my yard like random spots that birds will carry the seeds and go put them somewhere else. And I don't know, it's, it's cute. The bupler, um, I planted that last year. I'll post some pictures of it on the website. It's one and done. Unfortunately, I had great experience with it, but my friend Amber absolutely hated it. She said they were like nine inches tall. I don't know what she did wrong <laughs> or I don't know what I did right. Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. There are things that I'm like, why are you planting that? I hate them. And she's like, "Oh, I love them." I'm like, okay. Well, clearly clearly we don't agree. Delphinium. They can tolerate the cold really well. I started a tray of them. They're down in my basement and then I also have another tray of plugs coming of them and I'm going to put them in my like perennial row. I'm really hoping to transplant those out like late April. I talked about False Queen Anne's Lace. It's like a dark maroon flower. I use a ton of that and it blooms all summer long. People absolutely love them. They do a good job of just adding those moody colors in the fall. All right. And I apologize for the crying in the background. We'll just throw that in there. Uh, my 20-month-old does not want to go to bed. And my fiance is very soft-hearted. And just, just he's like giving me a look like, she doesn't want to go to bed. I'm like, Well, of course she doesn't want to go to bed. She doesn't want to go to bed. Anyway. So the next cold hearty annual that I talk about, uh, or cold, cool flower, I should say, is feverfew. This is one that I know there's a lot of growers that will intermix this with beds because it it just kind of multiplies really well on its own and it expands and it it does really well in like June and they will plant it with their daffodils. And daffodils are not something that I'm an expert on. I will plant some someday. It's just, I've not pulled the trigger on that investment. They are bulbs that come back year after year and you know you can produce them. So in some ways, a lot of people like them better than tulips. They think their return on an investment is better for their spring flowers. It's just, you gotta be really careful only pulling the stem and not the leaves. and But then you have to let the leaves die back naturally on daffodils. And then they're they're spaced out a little bit. And so some people will plant feverfew where the daffodils are. And then by the time the daffodils are dying, the feverfew starts coming up. I know there's a lot of growers that do it. Again, I, I've not devoted the time, space, or money, primarily money, <laughs> for good daffodil bulbs yet. I plan on it someday, but it's just... Again, if you want to let them die back naturally, then you gotta you, you kind of have to devote that space to them. So I'm, I'm not against it. I just haven't quite figured out what I want to do, but I know there's a lot of options. Like I said, the feverfew or something to plant that within it. Uh, foxglove are really cool hardy. Digitalis is the name, but the problem is those are poisonous. And so I'm pretty careful about what I plant that's poisonous. My dog doesn't eat flowers like that but I know a lot of people have cats that do and so I just try not to put a lot of those or if I you know I literally have some customers that I'm like if they're subscription holders I'm like let me know if you have a cat but honestly I found that a lot of cat people just won't even buy flowers because they know that the cats will knock them over. Ornamental kale that's really cold hardy as well in fact it changes colors once the frost hits. I kind of laughed because I was reading in her book today just like brushing up going through it before I recorded this episode and she talked about how, you know, you should start them in seed trays and transplant them out before the last frost. I'm like, oh, I definitely just popped the seeds in the ground for those and I must have got lucky because mine did great. Larkspur is one that I haven't really grown a ton of, but again, they're it's beautiful wildflower. Lysianthus. this is one that I'm going to do a whole episode on. I am going to have 1800 of those plants this year. I bought a ton of plugs. I just really doubled down on the lisianthus and we'll see how that pays off if or when it does. <laughs> Nigella is a really pretty flower. It's also known love as, known as love in a mist. I have them in like a bluish purple and they're, they're kind of one of the only blue flowers that I have. And so I really like those in June. Again, I just pop those seeds directly in the ground. Getting back to Lisianthus, you definitely have to order those as plugs. You can start them from seeds, but they take like 16 weeks of babying and it's a lot. Even like this Lisa Mason Ziegler that has her podcast called The Gardener's Workshop or in the book and all that and like talks about like just advanced growing techniques. She's like, tips for starting it from seeds, don't. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if she says not to do it, then I ain't doing it. Pincushion flower or scabiosa. Once those petals fall off, you can use their pods just like in a dried flower arrangement and they're super pretty. Iceland poppies, I don't grow those yet, but I really plan on incorporating those into my high tunnel and starting them from seed and transplanting them out eventually probably once I have a second high tunnel though. I don't know that I can justify that space in there, but people just go crazy in the spring over having flowers. And again, I'm always trying to stay a couple steps ahead of all the other flower farmers in the area. I feel like now everyone's starting to grow tulips and now everyone's, you know, growing peonies. And it's like, okay, well, I can be the one with Icelandic puppies. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Snapdragons, like I said, are an excellent, cool, hardy flower. The earliest that I have planted them out was I think April... 25th that will be about as early as I get them out this year unless like I said we'll find out if mine self-seeded but I I doubt it I doubt they got advanced enough um, straw flowers those are pretty cold ha- hardy and I'm going to be starting my trays soon and planting those out um, hopefully the last week of April they're only like three to five weeks and then you can transplant them out and then yarrow is also a very cool hardy flower so that's kind of that's kind of the gist of you know the techniques for cool flowers, cold hardy annuals. We'll see what happens. She uses a lot of techniques to get flowers earlier, to have them later. I think it's a really good way to diversify your garden and, you know, use those techniques and just spread out the not only, you know, you can look at it two ways. One, you know, you can have flowers, you can have more flowers and you can grow a ton of those and a ton of the summer stuff or You know, honestly, if you're content with the amount of flowers you have, then it's nice to just spread it out and diversify it. If you're a flower farmer, we'll say, and I know a lot of you aren't, and that's okay too. But if you have a backyard garden even, and your goal is to always have, you know, a bouquet per week, well, this is a good way to spread it out, diversify it. Or again, if you're a flower farmer and your goal is $10,000 a summer and, you know, your July and August are just Jam packed because you're so busy. Maybe grow a little less for July and August, but then this way you have some flowers for June instead of just pulling weeds of the whole month of June. You know, if you're content with that amount and if it lightens up your July and August, you don't have to maximize every single moment that you can, you know, growing flowers. That's honestly when I first started, that's how I thought I was going to succeed in this business. I thought, you know what, I'll work my butt off selling flowers July August and September I gotta just maximize every possible stem and it's like you know you know that's a lot of work if I can cut back in 20 less bouquets a week then but if I can sell the whole month of June also and I'm putting in a little less effort it's not gonna lead to burnout so I don't know there's just a lot of benefits to cool flowers Abby what questions do you have um I got a question I also have a comment I'm gonna start with a comment though so you mentioned the cool flowers book at the beginning. And you can tell that that is a book you have been referencing deeply. Like, there's books that you buy and they sit on your shelf and they collect dust and you probably haven't ever opened them. This one, you have put through the ringer. I should take a picture of it. Like, it's... It's damaged. It looks like it has bite marks on it. It, it looks pro- like Merle got a hold of I it. <laughs> like I probably fought him on it. I don't know. This book has been loved. There's like, I think there's coffee spilled on it. Like this is a loved book. I told you when I say, when I say I've read the whole thing twice, like I, it's proofs in the <laughs> binding on that one. I've read this book a lot. So that's my comment. Um, <laughs> question. As we're talking about getting things planted early, working the ground as soon as you can. Emotionally, how are you feeling? With all of the snow that we have out this year, and it's April, and we got more snow on the way, are you nervous yet? When do you start getting nervous? So actually, it's funny you say that because my best friend Nikki texted me today, and she said, "How are your plans coming? How are you holding up with this never-ending winter?" Winter, and I said, honestly, I'm kind of appreciative of the fact that I have to focus on some inside tasks still. I'm very excited for the season to come and actually have a plan in place for the business. So honestly, that's where I'm at. It's like, you know, what, within reason, you can push the envelope, like she says, to get earlier flowers, but there's nothing like it's helpless. There is nothing I can do right now in this season. I mean, yes, I have tulips coming up in the high tunnel and that's great. And my ranunculus are peeking up and they're, you know, starting to take off and that's all great, but there's only so much that I can do right now and that's okay. I just got off the phone today. Actually, I have 3 events. One is a a wellness spa in Sartell is going to have me come for an open house and like include a bouquet with their ticket. I'm helping out with the Stern County History Museum and going to do a bunch of bouquets there. And then another lady that, you know, has a a, a book club at the Saint Cloud Library, like they're they're going to come out the 20 of them and trying to pick out a date for that. So honestly, I'm keeping really busy just planning events for the summer and emailing back and forth. And my goal is, my goal is kind of to have my calendar filled up by like mid June. And then if we can add some dates on, we will. But otherwise, I mean, I'm just really focusing on still selling the flowers that I haven't even grown yet, which is exciting Like I, to be in that point of my business. So it's not like, you know, I think some people are like, well, what do you do all day? Like, I, I don't know, but I'm busy. Okay. <laughs> like, um. So yeah, I've just been staying content with that. I mean, I'm, I'm itchy to get out there, but Honestly, it's compared to other years. It's like, you know what? Just welcome the break. This is okay. But talk to me in a week or two. <laughs> yeah. We'll check in next week and see if the answer is yeah. still the same. <laughs> yeah. So, right right now, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> fine. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> and honestly, I do think the frost isn't that deep. So, my fiance Brent, he used to drill wells and now he services them. And so, I feel like he's got as good of an insight on anyone and the frost depth in the ground. As I suspected, because we had such an early snow um, and we've had snow cover the entire year. He's like, yeah, the frost really isn't that deep. So honestly, like we might still be planting May 15th, the more our annuals. I mean, it might, it might be a regular year from that standpoint. Like the ground probably isn't as frozen as that, as we all think it is because of that insulation. So we just need this snow to go away and we need to quit having blizzards and my kids need to quit having snow days. And <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So thank you everyone for listening and would love to hear your comments. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about this just as much as you guys are. So I've incorporated some of these techniques, but I'm really excited to start pushing that envelope and working with mother nature a little more. Thanks for listening to the sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymerrymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymerrymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny mary Meadow, they smell so good. meadow.com